right. All right, then welcome everyone to Manga Kaiwa season two. Yes, we've made all the moves that we needed to make, or at least I have. Um, ben still has some, some exciting stuff coming up in his kind of agenda there in the next few months. Um, but I have made a leap to where I wanted to be. And that's why this time and from now on, we will be recording on Zoom. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. I mean, I would have loved to continue talking to you face to face, Ben. But you yeah, know, this sort of just be how it be. Yeah, that's uh, how it be. This is um, this is the world we live in right now, right? So yeah. we're able to yeah. um, yeah. I feel like yeah, but like it's also because this is the world we live in that I was able to get familiar with all the software mm -hmm. that I need to be able to record now. Because <laughs> I guess even without COVID, I would have been somewhere where I couldn't record with you but um I think you know that's actually pretty important because I mean now what works is that you know we have this podcast to kind of anchor ourselves <laughs> uh yeah. you know to sort of like you know like just come back to what I think we're passionate about and I think that's what's going to be so uh, awesome about this experience that you and I are going to have in this next or you know for however long we want to do this which is uh, has no has no end point for now yeah um, so I think that's really cool like I think we can just keep going with this and yeah I hope you guys will all continue to listen a bit and now we're going to get into the meat of it because season two is long overdue um, just let you guys know we do plan on more regularly releasing on Saturdays. So this is an exception just because we wanted to get an episode out. But from now on, Saturdays are the day that we're going to get uh, episodes out to you guys. All right. So Ben, do you want to introduce today's topic? Yes. So today we're visiting our top series. So if you will recall, our first episode was our top 10 favorite anime and manga. And we intended that to be like, sort of a, a time capsule in the sense that those uh, those lists we had reflected our opinions and our feelings at the moment. But now um, I th uh, think for me at least, um, my list of top tens has cha changed a bit. And, um, and to make it a bit less redundant and a bit more um, fresh, we decided to do top 15s this time. So we won't be like, don't worry. So we won't be like going like I guess like super like we usually do. Yeah, at least yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. that's that's. Can I just interject, Ben? I mean that's another goal that I forgot to kind of state at the beginning of this season two episode one, which is that I am and definitely going to try to be a bit more concise in the sense that I'm going to try to talk more about my opinions and less recapping what's going on and the story that I'm talking about. Yeah, but all right. I mean it's yeah it's top fifteens. And do we want to go ahead is the question. Are you feeling ready for this? Because I, right. I, I have quite a few changes as well. Um, yeah, I, I, think I, I think I'm ready, yeah. All right, so you go ahead first. So Ben's going to do his, his, his first five, so 15 to 11, oh, wow. and we're just going to keep going in bits of five. So go ahead, Ben. I'm, All I'm right. All right, so number 15 on my list is Code Geass. So if you'll recall, we discussed Code Geass a bit in our Light versus Lelouch episode. But um, yeah, Code Geass, um, the anime itself, um, I really like its um, story because, you know, the protagonist is a very much like a light Yagami-esque person. Lelouch is very similar to him. 
And yeah, I mean, if you like Death Note, then I would highly recommend Code Geass as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so number 14 on my list is Baki. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I haven't actually um, read the manga. I'm only caught up with the anime. So um, I'm waiting for um, the upcoming season on Netflix. But yeah, Baki is like, you know, it's kind of like the typical um, ultra-violent martial arts anime, like think of now. <laughs> ultra-violent. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like JoJo in the sense of, of how like ridiculous and bizarre. It's ridiculous. And um, I yeah, I really like that part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And so 13 on my list is Parasite. So um, yeah, so Parasite, I feel like is an anime that really explores the dynamic of like, sort of like, I guess, master and subordinate, although it's more like almost um, almost symbiotic, I would say, despite yeah. the name of the anime being Parasite. Um, Migi, the um, parasite in question, and um, the protagonist, Izumi, they have a very interesting relationship throughout the series, and I really, I really like that about it, yeah. yeah. All right, so number 12 is Death Note. Yeah, so I've talked about Death Note before, but um, yeah, so it is like the you know, it is the, I, I guess the original OG ed, edgy emo anime, but, um, you know, extremely it, it, smart person, <laughs> extremely smart person with a uh, uh, large goal, um, large scale. A, a large so, goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, it is a very suspenseful and it is like sort of like a non battle battle anime, which I think is yeah. uh, pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so um. Number 11 is Naruto. Yeah. So um, I like Naruto a lot. It's, um, I don't, I wouldn't say I, I, I like it as much as I used to, but it, it, I still devalue it as a series and um, I like its character designs and its uh, fights are really, it has, does have some really good fights, I would say. So um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of those, especially Naruto, and I think that's why it was so nice that you kind of ended it off at number 11 with those first five from you, um, are like kind of classics. I mean, at the, exclu- at the exception of like Baki, I would say, and a few other ones, I mean, you know, just one other one, I can't remember which one it was that I noticed, but most of them are like classic series that a lot of people love. And um, I think, you know, that's, 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 that shows that I mean, just because there's hype around something doesn't mean it's bad or that it's somehow chosen because it's like, you know, eye candy. I mean, it could be that, but sometimes it means, you know, that, you know, there's a reason for its success is because it's very, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's well-written, it's well-composed. Often the art is very good. And I've read the Baki manga. It's not on my top 10, but I mean, it was so enjoyable. And yeah, it gave me a really big Jojo vibe the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well then, I guess I'll go ahead with my first five, and I'll start. So at 15, uh, I've got Blam. Blam is that series where the dude goes with an ultra-powerful, like, nuclear-grade blasting pistol through a building that's as large as the solar system. And I think it's just very, very kind of, like, awesome as an idea. Uh, The world is incredible. I think most of this manga's appeal and why it is even in my top 15 because the dialogue and story are very like minimal and also quite unclear. Uh, the, most of the success from this manga, for me at least, comes from the vibe it gives off, with this, which is very distinct, very, very distinct. And I just love that so much that it went into my top 15, which I think is amazing. 
Um, and then 14 for me is bleach. So this one I want to talk about in a bit more detail because bleach is having some, you know, having having some additions lately, I gotta say. So obviously at the beginning of 2020, we got the announcement for the anime. And recently, very recently, and it's kind of all happened between uh, the ending of the first season and the beginning of this season right now. Um, well, they've had a new one shot. And obviously like, I think it's called a one shot, but Ben, I know you haven't read it. I'm just gonna say it ends on a cliffhanger. No way, it's just a one shot. Kubo can't do that to us. It may be like a few like kind of longer chapters that he releases, but um, it looks like- Yeah, because I, I heard that it, they are starting a new arc, so yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, they are starting a new arc. And um, it, 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 it's weird because like, I keep having this kind of like this feeling that, you know, it's just another Boruto situation, but I don't think so. I think it's actually quite nice what he's doing, or at least the direction I think Kubo is going in, I would feel very good about, I have to say. Um, and yeah, Bleach is obviously an all-time classic. It's a very long running shonen. I think 72 volumes or 74 volumes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I mean, it's it's just like, you know, it is in the same league as Naruto, you know, it's quoted as one of the big three um, in terms of being a battle shonen. But I also just think it's an amazing series in the sense that it really does kind of like bring something to the table that Naruto for me didn't. I mean, I can't speak on the part of One Piece because I haven't read it yet. I'm kind of saving it for some time when I can really enjoy it because I've heard way too many good things about it, which is both bad and good, I guess, because it gets annoying. <laughs> but um, Bleach is just one of those series that I think hits because of the characters and the world and just the feeling that it gives off. And I mean, Kubo is an amazing artist, which contributes a lot to that feeling, I would say. But yeah, enough blabbing about 14. Now we have Jagan. So Jagan is one of those series that I'm almost kind of ashamed to have on my list because it's 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 sort of like Gantz, but it's not like Gantz in the sense that it's, you know, it's very, very violent in almost an excessive way. And it's often bizarre in the way that it presents its violence. Like Jojo's and Baki, like, you know, they don't necessarily have to be violent to be bizarre, but the bizarre touch that this series has, and I guess Gantz as well, is that it's just bizarre and it's violence. Um, but then I just, I guess, why am I saying that all that negative stuff? <laughs> it's at my 13th spot. I really like the character, um, Jagasaki. I think he's very, very, very interesting. And the kind of roller coaster that he's gone on, like at the beginning being kind of lost, then kind of becoming like this, this very capable user of the ability that he's, he's gained and now sort of just being completely depressed and like hopeless, um, I think is very interesting. And it's also like, I like the idea that it, it's based all off of desires. The power system is based off of what you want most and how you get to that point. And the power basically enables you in some kind of roundabout way to get to there, which I think is just a really nice concept. The number 12 for me is Knights uh, of Seronio or Shironio no Kishi. Um, I have said this before, but I really don't know how I can express why this is on my list and also why it is, you know, relatively high. I was in my top 10, but I've read some other series that have kind of bumped their way in there. Um, but Shidoni no Kishi is um, a series by Nihei Tsutomu, who also wrote Blam, uh, and it's just so different it's in the sense that I mean, I think one thing that I really like about Sidonia is how he's able to write more of a story this time 
Um, again, it's it's typical Nihei in the sense that there's not that much dialogue and there's much less than in your average series, I would say, even if you're talking about a seinen. But it is very sort of like, you know, much more story oriented than I would say something like Blam was, where you were just really experiencing the rawness of this world and the chaos of, you know, how things just erupted and like just didn't work anymore in this like this mega structure. Um, but for Blam, it also has a very different art style. And Sidonia is a lot softer. In fact, an art style that I love even more than Blam's. Blam's is admirable, but it did get a bit, I think, confusing sometimes, especially with the heavy inking that Stoma used. Um, but now with, I mean, Nice of Sidonia and I think um, Apossums, which he's currently serializing, it just looks very crisp. And I actually think it does look a bit like softer, but it looks so good. I love like how you can kind of, it looks all so illuminated and bright and vibrant because um, the line work is so light. But um, I guess what I should get to the point too is that um, I think I really like how the story evolves and how it all sort of takes place on this one battleship that sort of is, a, or a seed ship, which contains like, I think a certain fraction of the human population that was not wiped out by this kind of like alien whales that just kind of decided to invade earth, but like they didn't even have to invade it because they just kind of just settled there and chased all the humans out because they were that big and strong. Um, and I just think it's nice because it's like, you see these people kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, merge into each other on this ship and sort of like have to experience each other because they can't really go anywhere else. I mean, it's a big ship, but they can't really like ex escape. And then it's also that, you know, you see how, it's sort of like, is almost like a slice of life in the sense that you kind of have this mission and then you go back to whatever they were doing. But it, what I think is also very nice is seeing the relationship between two of the characters, the main character, and actually like the symbiotic mecha, believe it or not, that um, he becomes very attached to. And the way that it evolves is quite nice as well. I think it's just a series that perfectly blends like that science fiction and character-based element, which I don't often see in a lot of like, high action sci-fi like Knights of Sidonia. All right, and now I've rambled on a bit too long, but I have Ajin Demi-Human at my 11 spots. And Ajin I've talked about before. I think, you know, as I've been looking back at a few of the panels, I have not given it enough credit for the artwork. Even if I mentioned it, I have not. The artwork is, is amazing in Ajin. Um, I think what's amazing about it is, is for me is that it really reminds me a lot of Otomo's. So, uh, uh, the, the author of Akira, so the, the very classic movie and manga. Um, I think what's amazing about it is that it like takes that and makes it into a, 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 a very recognizable modern style. But um, more than that, I think Ajin is amazing because it shows these people that have absolutely nothing to lose. Literally, they are immortal. And the only thing they have to lose is being caught by someone. And so they, the way that they find ways around that and the way that especially the main character who's quite intelligent, actually, I wouldn't say he's like a light or a Lelouch, but he's like noticeably very fast as a thinker and people comment on that in the series. Um, and it, just to see how he kind of works around certain situations and also just how to exploit your immortality in like a very morbid way, but like in a combat setting, I think that is really what, I think I like about it. And also like the, the, the idea that they're always on the run. They're basically constantly being chased by someone or chasing someone else. Um, and I think that is uh, also very interesting. And on top of that, you have some great characters. I think there's some controversy about um, 
the the main character, but I really like him actually. Uh, Nangai, I think, is actually quite interesting in the sense that he's so nihilistic, and he doesn't really stop being nihilistic the entire series, and it's what allows him to keep moving and not get distracted by a moral dilemma that would probably cost him his life in some situations. Um, there's some controversy about him, though. So, I mean, I like him. Not everybody does. All right, well, those are my top <laughs> or my... Uh, my my 15 through 11 there we go <laughs> all right so okay so um yeah all right so getting into the top 10 so my, number 10 on my list is mm -hmm. megalobox so um yeah so i've talked about megalobox before but um i think it's a very good like rocky type story with like futuristic boxing and the protagonist is a very enjoyable underdog i will say so um yeah so and so number nine is um Yu Yu Hakusho, so it's um, um, it's uh, Togashi's uh, Yoshihiro Togashi's uh, the creator of um, Hunter Hunter's um, first series, or at least I think first Yu really Yu successful series. Yeah, yeah, because did Level E come before Yu Yu? Or? I don't even know. I think he probably, and I'm sure he wrote some kind of one shot that got him whatever prize he needed to get recognized by Jump. But yeah, I mean, it's his first successful series for sure. I would say. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it is very enjoyable. And I, I think the one thing I really like about it is its emphasis on the four main characters, Yusuke, Hiei, Kuwabara, and Kurama. It's like, because you know that um, Yusuke is uh, very clearly the protagonist, but I like how it, you know, it's not completely, the focus isn't completely on him. And it's like, just it just consistently follows um, the four of them and their relationship, which I think is um, very cool to see in an anime. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so um, so number eight on my list is JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. So um, yeah, there's definitely a bit of an excitement with um JoJo right now, as Quentin I, I think mentioned. Um, yeah, I mentioned it before we started recording. Oh, before we recorded, yeah, yeah. recorded, yeah, yeah. I mean the JoJo so, trailer, part six trailer. My yes, goodness. indeed, yeah. So um, so admittedly, I am an anime only, so I haven't read the manga for part six and beyond. But from what I've seen of JoJo, it is a very amazing series. Um, it is. Uh, definitely bizarre and you you can see why that is and um yeah and, and so okay yeah so number seven on my list is bleach so yeah so um i won't really go too deep into this because quentin already talked about it but um yeah definitely some a lot of excitement around bleach right now and, and in general it um and yeah and, and also i mean the soundtrack for bleach is amazing one of the best mm -hmm. i would say of any anime yeah and yeah so number six on my on my list is um another none other than Dragon Ball, yeah. So Dragon Ball, again, holds a very special place in my heart because I feel like it's uh, really the first real anime on what I watched. I mean, before before that, I had seen Pokemon, but I, I feel like that doesn't really count for some reason. But anyway, um, yeah, Dragon Ball is a very epic series. I um, I like its characters a lot, and it does have some notable uh, character development as much as people like to deride its plot. But um, yeah, all right, so that's my... Those are my um those are 10 to 6 for me so yeah yeah and i mean like i think you know a lot of people are starting again after they got like you know into i guess the, the point is a lot of people get into animanga through dragon ball honestly because it's just that big and influential series but i think when they start reading other things they start kind of seeing the the kind of outdated you know quote-unquote uh sort of elements in dragon ball and they start really kind of feeling worse about it but I think Ben this might have been something you went through but when you started to kind of really grow as a as a consumer of anime manga you started to really appreciate how good Dragon Ball was 
Yeah. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I think it's just amazing how like, you know, the, the modern tropes are not only the kind of good criterion that we can look for. I think it's also, you know, respecting how Dragon Ball was able to do that. But it's not just respecting it as a classic. It is in and of itself an amazing world. I think that's what I think I haven't even read Dragon Ball or watched it. But just from the photos I've seen, I think a lot of people compare it to Ghibli, Ghibli movies, which I think is so true because it gives such a weird kind of almost childish, mythical, legendary kind of vibe mm, that I think yeah. works so well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Toriyama, the mangaka, definitely excels at world building. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dragon Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Quest. <laughs> okay, so I'll start with my 10 through 6. All right, so at number 10, I've got No Gun's Life. Talked about the series before. It's really one of my favorites. Um, I love the designs and also uh, Karasuma's, uh, Tasuka Karasuma's artwork is amazing. Amazing, so undervalued. I mean, again, there are so many mangaka out there that make amazing art and aren't credited for it. But I think it gives No Gun's Life such a nice feel. And I really do like the cyberpunk setting. It is probably, or like there's just a cybernetic kind of futuristic society. I really like, I've never really seen a story pull off post-war this well and like demonstrate how like one corporation that basically kind of made, chose the side that won the war with the weapons they've manufactured basically just rules the world after that. I feel like it's very realistic and also seeing like, you know, the whole kind of machine and man dynamic explored in a very different way this time, I think, um, because there's not really a debate that machines have emotions because they're cyborgs, but at the same time, they're still treated that way, which is very kind of, I think, a, a very interesting concept, although albeit a very sad one, obviously. Um, the number nine is Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man is very, very big, especially after I've come across the pond, I've noticed how much people are reading Chainsaw Man. It's pretty incredible. Um, I think it deserves it all, though, because, I mean, the sort of air that it gives on, the kind of way that it's able to seamlessly transition from very carefree and kind of almost uh, kind of a dark humor um, uh, sort of like tone, I would say, into a lot more of an action-packed setting or just something outright terrifying and horrific, I think is very, very nice. And I think none other, no one else besides um, Fujimoto could have done that, who I still have to read his other work, Fire Punch, which a lot of people even say is better than than, uh, than Chainsaw Man. But I mean, for now, Chainsaw Man is just enough to convince me that Fujimoto is one of the best out there. And um, I mean, I just love Denji as well. I think that, you know, having that the idea of such an oblivious, like childish protagonist, like in not just like a forced sense, but like in an actual kind of emotional stunted sense is very interesting. Um, then here's a big one. Number eight, I have Vinland Saga. I think a lot of people probably will say that this should be higher. And believe me, um, I'm going to get probably, I mean, if you, I don't know if you guys will comment or anything, but I probably will have a few kind of like, you know, cringes and incredible, incredulous looks after I tell you my number seven after this. But believe me, this is a favorites list. I think that Vinland Saga is, is very, 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 very hard to find a rival for in terms of how well uh, it's written. I think also the artwork is unbelievable. I, it, it gets a lot of credit and it should because it is very, very good. Um, but I also think the way that uh, Makoto Yukimura was able to really kind of create this world of Vikings that I think, you know, none of us really realize because warriors are glorified. And I think that's really the point of 
of uh, Vinland Saga is to point out how the warriors that at least in that time, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I would pretty confidently say today as well, you know, fighters, people who kill for a living, they aren't so glorious really. And in fact, they're almost victims themselves to this whole kind of idea of masculinity and things like that, which isn't expressly said, but um, I think it's sort of like, you know, very much implied through the world that like, you know, Thorfinn is trying to end war. He's trying to build a place where war does not reach. And I think having a such a lighthearted protagonist, not just in a natural sense, because we have a lot of protagonists that are just naturally very nice, but Thorfinn actively trying to be nicer and kinder and reaching like an incredible level of kind of like approachability, personability, and just empathy is very nice, I would say. Um, and then, yeah, seven, I have Gantz. Yeah, there you saw, you see, you see, you see Gantz above Vinland, but I think Gantz, I think you guys have to remember was at my number one spot, um, uh, you know, last time that we recorded a video. Um, Gantz is a series like no other. It uses again, just like Jagan and my 13 spot, a lot of that very violent kind of shock factor elements. But I think no one other than Hiroya has made it that great. And I think has executed on that kind of concept of bizarreness through brutality, like brutality uh, as well. I think what I really like about Gantz is just the, the fact that um, Oku is able to go all out with the artwork, especially because he had a very kind of up and coming cutting edge style back then, which I think combined a lot of digital and handmade, handwritten elements, if I'm not mistaken, or hand kind of like composed elements. Um, and he just goes completely ham with all of the, um, the, the, the monsters and the aliens that they encounter. And then also just like, you know, I think that, um, Gantz is one of the best endings I've ever experienced. And it's often said to have one of the most bombastic endings of all time, like all, one of the worst. And I mean, I could see that, but I think the problem is that Gantz, the tone of Gantz, if it had, it had to go through the series. In fact, I like the fact that um, Oku, the author, never actually changed the tone too drastically. It was always really brutal, really fast paced. And I think the point is that that fast pace, no matter where it ended, it would have ended badly for some people. But I think the point is to realize that the fast pace wouldn't have gone fast forever. I guess my point is that I think if the series had gone on for another 300 chapters, like it still would have had a bad ending because it would have stayed the same. I think I'm very happy with the fact that it ended the way it did and that it was sort of like a very happy ending. Like, it's just, I think, so weird because Gantz is a very kind of brutal series and you almost wouldn't expect it to have a happy ending, nor would you expect you to, yourself to care even because it's so numbing somehow, but you do. Okay, Gantz is great. Vinland is also great. It's just a favorite series. Like how much, I, I literally kind of try to think, where is this closer to my heart? And I mean, I have obviously read Gantz longer and it has actually fallen down my list. So it's not at its number one spot. But number six is Jujutsu Kaisen. So happy to have this one back in Jump. Uh, it's released two chapters since coming back from the kind of mini hiatus or like, you know, just the pause that Giga Akutami, who is basically kind of carrying a lot of burden on their shoulders right now because of how much kind of Jujutsu Kaisen has rocketed up in popularity. Um, and obviously Jump is super kind of probably pressuring her and she probably has a lot of editors telling her things to do and all that kind of crap. But, uh, or them to do, sorry, I guess I don't quite, I'm not quite certain, and I don't think anybody is on how they, um, how they, um, I guess, identify. But um, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is a series, I think, that is 
is just like it is like no other I think again it's like it takes it's overtly I mean the author has expressed that they have been very inspired by Hunter Hunter and you can see that it's very dark compared to your classic shonen um and it's uh, I think it does it very well um it is a world I think that you know, I like, but I also think what is amazing about the world in Jujutsu Kaisen is that it is our world, but to see how sort of like sorcerers or Jujutsu sorcerers um, are just sort of like, like how they shape the world is very interesting to me. Like, cause it, it's, it's not really our world, even if it's, you know, there's Japan and the US and whatever, it's still kind of a different world because of the sorcerers. And I really like that. And I think that's often, you know, very kind of, uh, credited to the power system, which I have to agree with. I think the power system is so amazing because it doesn't just stop at how individuals use them. It also goes on to kind of like, um, you know, show how power systems influence the world itself, uh, not just living beings, which I think is amazing because that's what I think a power system should be. It should be something that is intrinsically linked to the world that it is in. Um, yeah, so that's my 10 through six right there. All right, so all right, so getting into top five. All right, oh, really? so I'm yes. excited now. I'm excited because yes. this is where the meat comes, doesn't it, Ben? The meat yes. of the change, yeah. Indeed, yeah. All right, so number five on my list is Hunter Hunter, yeah, which um, Quentin spoke about briefly when he was discussing uh, JJK. So Hunter Hunter, I've, I've talked about talked about it before, but it is definitely a very um, very. It is pretty dark in comparison to most shonen, I would say, but and it's not only dark, but it's also a very interesting um, deconstruction of different shonen tropes, which I've, I think I've talked about before, but um, it is a great story with um, great characters, great fights, and a great soundtrack. So all in all, it, it is a very, very solid series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and number four on my list is Cowboy Bebop, which I've talked about before, but um, yeah, it's a very... It's a very great series from the legend himself, uh, Watanabe. Um, uh, it has, I, really, I do, really do like its um, jazz soundtrack and how it blends jazz within the sort of uh, noir uh, space setting it's, uh, well, it's set in. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, a great character building and um, yeah, Spike is an awesome protagonist. And um, all right, so number three, it's uh, number three on my list is Gintama. So um, Gintama has, um, so I've definitely gotten a lot farther into Gintama from where we uh, last left off. And it's definitely, um, yeah, I mean, as you can see, it's, it's sword on my list. So um, Gintama is, um, um, honestly, it is peak shonen for me. I, I feel like the characters are done so well. I mean, they are interesting. Uh, they're amazing characters. I feel like, um, surprisingly, as ridiculous as they can be, they they kind of feel like they can they could be your friends in a way. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it just does it just does like the different genres it it um blends itself into so well. I, I think with the comedy, um, I, I think Gintama is actually the first time I've actually laughed out loud at an anime I was watching. Um, the, the comedy is amazing, but um, the, the serious arcs are very, very well done as well. Um, there's a lot of like intense like character de- building and, and, and some pretty great fights. And um, yeah, so I actually, and I actually, um, I haven't finished Gintama yet, but um, last night I finished the Farewell Shinsen- Shinsengumi arc, 
which is an amazing arc. Very, very good arc. I've heard of it like a lot. Yeah. Like alongside Benny Zakura, I've heard of that arc mostly when I think of, when I've heard of Gintama. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. All right. And so number two on my list is Berserk. Um, yeah. So, um, so I've finished, yes, yeah, so I have finished Berserk. And um, as you will recall, um, I share the, um, uh, Guts is my favorite protagonist along with Quintins. And um, yeah, and Berserk is, um, it really is an amazing story. And Guts, like, you know, like we've said, feel, definitely feels like a real person. And, you know, he's the struggler, right? He's the one that keeps going no matter what life throws at him. And I think that's really applicable to anyone, despite, you know, really none of us being in Guts's circumstances. But um, yeah. All right. And so number one on my list is Samurai Champloo. Yeah. So it's, um, that hasn't changed. It's still my top anime. I just really like everything about it. Like, it's just so well done. I mean, the soundtrack especially, but um, the way well, it blends itself in. Watanabe himself again. Yes, yes, indeed. And so, yeah, Sons of a Battle Cry. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I've listened to the, the Lovesick Hexology, which isn't in Gintama, but is by Nujabas and Shingochu, who did both collaborate to make Battle Cry um, like countless times over the past week. It's crazy, but it's so good. Yeah. All right, well, let me get into my top five. So number five for me is Jojolium, the eighth part of Jojo's, which is ending very, very soon. In fact, the last chapter should already be leaking somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure Rocky has actually already finished it, if I'm being honest. And it's just so exciting because as um, someone who started Jojo's in 2019 and then read, I think caught up to the manga in 2020. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just so amazing to actually experience the Jojo part coming to a close. And I mean, Jojo Leon is for me the second best Jojo part and well, the fifth best manga I've ever read, which is saying something because Jojo Leon is, um, it's, it's, it's such a different series. I think it just represents experimental territory for Araki who has obviously been writing all the Jojo parts. Um, and that's kind of what he's done is Jojo's. And I mean, he's done it fantastically. But I think to see how Araki just sort of plays with things that he's never probably really been able to like experiment with in previous parts because of, I don't know, editorial pressure or what have you, I think it's just so cool to see how, um, you know, especially the protagonist, the mystery behind his identity and who he is as I think one of the most beloved things about Jojo's. And I think it is probably the best of, of Jojo Leon and it is probably the best in my opinion as well. Um, but then also just beyond that, the whole world and seeing how like the stands get weaker and weaker, but more complicated and more complicated compared to other parts, but how it makes it so much more interesting to see how they're applied. Um, and then also just seeing how Araki is able to manipulate tensity. Like Araki, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he could have written a fantastic gambling manga as well, because I mean, he, I guess he tried it. He showed us that with the Darby uh, and um, Jochiro kind of like interaction in in part three, but I mean, there are some other kind of really wacky fights where you realize that it's it's so much of a mental battle. And again, stands are a manifestation of your like your inner true self, which is I think you know even more of kind of like a of, a, of an edge on that blade. Um, but yeah, Jojolion is I think where I think jo like Rocky's just pure experimentation and imagination. 
is really what I think carries it, which is saying so much because I think if it had had a bit more of a streamlined story um, that kind of cut, cut away like loose ends, which I think are not always that necessary, I think it could have been just as good as Steel Ball Run, which is quite high on my list still. Um, but even then, just pure imagination, it's a very good kind of mystery is so great. And it makes Jojolian like top five material, obviously. And then four is Blade of the Immortal. So yeah, I mean, Blade of the Immortal. I mean, I, I love that series. I It's the first series I ever kind of collected in com like completely. And that means a lot to me, which may make me a bit biased. But um, Blade is just something that I will never forget because I won't ever forget how I researched the art style before I actually started reading and realized that, I mean, uh, Samura was using, uh, well, the guy, you know, Hiroaki Samura, the guy who writes the story, wrote it, uses pencil. He uses graphite, let's just say, not pencil, but he he doesn't really ink that much from what I understand, maybe not even at all. I, don't, I haven't looked into this that deeply, but to see how he's able to kind of still make this kind of very kind of like strange Edo period Japan, but also kind of make it like, I think one of the most special things about Blade is that you have this immortal protagonist, but the nothing else about the world is like supernatural or mystical in any way. And seeing how, you know, yeah, that's just something you have to accept. Like, you know, I'm not gonna explain this and seeing how he doesn't need to explain that is amazing because I think the sort of mystery behind the main character and the fact that, you know, we don't really know that much about his past. I mean, we have a quick flashback at the beginning actually, but then nothing else. I think that's what I really like about it is Manji is top protagonist material. I think I did put him in my protagonist list for sure. If not, then I am an absolute numpty. <laughs> but um, uh, I guess that like, you know, what I wanted to say with that is that seeing how Manji is sort of one of those protagonists that because he is immortal, doesn't have like these immediate desires or massive goals because he doesn't really have a time limit, just allows himself to mold towards others' goals, mortals' goals, I guess you could say, especially Rin, who is, you know, the deuteragonist, I guess, kind of a, like a, um, uh, like, you know, I guess a partner of his in the series is really nice. And seeing how he just, he's sort of like an observer, but he acts when he needs to. Um, but at the same time, he's actually very passive throughout the series is very nice to me. And then, Yes, number three is a, a huge change, like a series that I didn't even have on my top list, but is now in my top three, is uh, The Climber, Koko no Hito. I mean, what can I say? Uh, Sakamoto's art, art touched me. It really did touch me. Um, it made me very emotional. It made me feel things like very, very similar to what I would have imagined the main character uh, and other characters even experience. I mean, it's a, it's a manga. I guess I haven't talked about this one at all that um, is about climbing. It's about a boy who is kind of traumatically scarred from an event in his past, but is also just generally kind of a, an emotionally volatile person, um, deciding that he wants to dedicate his life to climbing and going so deep, immersing himself so much in the world of mountains that he forgets about humanity and his own humanity. Um, and I think what is amazing is that you experience this character mostly. I mean, that's what I think the climber is so about because Koko no Hito, the Japanese name, I think literally translates to like an isolated kind of solitary person. Um, and that's really what it is. But then seeing how at the very, might like in the last seven volumes and it's a 17 volume series, Sakamoto Shinichi is able to use everything at his disposal, the art and his amazing storytelling skills and 
just like you know the kind of customs and like kind of uh habits that he has that manga artist doesn't have like for example not actually using uh onomatopoeia he doesn't use onomatopoeia almost at all he uses actual visuals like metaphorical visuals like if an avalanche falls he'll like just pull up with a double page spread of a building collapsing <laughs> uh which i think is just so cool um but just seeing how he uses all of that to kind of communicate how uh mori or kato buntaro um he kind of changes his name which is sort of like a i guess a spoiler um but it just shows you that you should read it because it's interesting <laughs> but how he sort of like has to struggle between family and the people that he does does eventually get attached to and um his ultimate goal of conquering the world's most difficult climbing around is amazing and i think the most beautiful thing about koko no hito which made me shiver like i was freezing while i was reading i was so emotional <laughs> um just seeing how you know uh you know he was he had this kind of like the mind blurs when you're at this really low oxygen content um and you're just kind of like you know struggling 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 and then you know you yeah he he goes through so much on that mountain like k2 mountain pass arc is such such an important arc and it is a long arc as well but for for good reason I just love everything about Hono Hito, especially how it wraps up, I think is amazing to me. Um, it's a sad but very realistic and I think in a weird kind of almost like unsatisfying way, it's satisfying, I guess, because you, you, you'd know that Sakamoto didn't sugarcoat it, even though he actually leaves an author's note at the end of the series saying, hey, I did kind of sugarcoat this just to say, because <laughs> it is partially based off of a, of a real story. Um, and yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, number one's Berserk. Let's finish. No, no. I mean, you know, Berserk is great. Berserk is great. I feel like I've talked about it so much, but yeah, number one is Berserk. Best story I've ever experienced. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited for 364, uh, the new chapter that was announced that Mira had left behind. And I'm just so much hoping somehow in a weird way that I don't know if I should be, that it will continue. And I'm just so curious to see how they will do it because even if they continue, I mean, I have the choice of disregarding those 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 continuations if they are really what I think they are, because I mean, it's marked by a very clear point of Nero's passing. And the 364 chapters before um, will represent what Berserk is to me, if the rest doesn't please me. But I guess I'm just so curious to see how Berserk is going to, uh, I guess, evolve, if at all. Um, but yeah, there we go. Wait. What what did I do? What did I do? Wait, I missed my number two spot. What am I oh, doing? Okay, number two is Steel Ball Run. Uh, <laughs> my gosh, this is embarrassing. Um, Steel Ball Run. I I actually think I kind of kind of kind of debated whether Jojolion is above or not. I love Jojolion, like the vibe and the sort of feeling that it gives me is very overpowering, which is I think what makes me a bit biased towards it in a weird way because it's not really a bias. Um, it is a rocky skill, but Steel Baron is just an undeniably um, fantastic narrative masterpiece. I mean, I think the more I think about Gyro and Johnny and the fact that these deuterogonists act almost as one protagonist is really amazing. And I mean, I just cannot deny um, uh, Steel Baron the top spot in terms of JoJo uh, parts and the second spot in all of the manga I've ever read. Um, I mean, yeah. Again, number one is Berserk, but yeah, I just wanted to leave that in that Steel Baron is my number two and that it is so fantastic. Um, it has so many things going for it. Awesome protagonist, awesome deuterogonist 
kind of counterpart, like best side character, arguably better than the protagonist and very good um, president of the United States. Spoilers there, antagonist. <laughs> yes. I don't want to start Jojo referencing because I'll make you guys cringe. <laughs> well, then this was a bit of a long episode, but it was obviously the first episode of the second season. Um, yeah, I mean, I had so much fun. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely enjoyed um, doing this. Yeah, it was, I, I really, yeah, I really liked the opportunity to uh, revisit my favorite series and see how they've changed. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, look out for next episode. It will be coming out on Saturday. Um, or at least we will do our best to, and it probably will, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to, I guess I'll have to check my schedule, but um, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All righty then. Um, thanks guys so much. And we'll see you guys next, next episode. All right. Yeah. Keep going, strugglers. Keep yes. going. You know, don't, 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 keep, don't stop even if your arm's off. Actually, don't do that, but you know. <laughs> you yes, you, yes, or if you lose your eye. <laughs> All right, bye.